0: No.
1: <laughs> All right. So today is a special UTJH and that is not a UTJH today. We're going to be doing hooking up with Adam and David and Mr. Rodney Sinio. So two seconds of UTJH stuff real quick. Shout out to Maria for everything. Uh, we're supposed to be going on on a date tomorrow. Shout out to Rodney Sinio for watching the kids. And we're going to just kind of Hopefully, have a good time. It's a surprise for me. We, we try to do a thing where we surprise one another. Well, not surprise one another with a date, but we don't tell one another what we're going to be doing on a date. The first date that I took Maria to, we went to Cantini. So Maria's taking down to a soccer game. Maria's taking me somewhere. As of today, it's tomorrow. I still have no idea what, it's, what it is. I hope
0: is when you get in the car, she hands you a ball gag.
1: I'm down. So, very, very excited for that. Do you guys have anybody that you at least want to you. shout out?
0: I'll shout out my wife and my son. I do have a fuck you.
1: Let's get that out of the way.
0: Fuck you to all the gas stations that don't have, like, fountain iced tea.
1: That's your fuck you, huh? Yeah. Is your van on? Because
0: all I want is plain yep. iced tea. Not fucking raspberry. Not fucking green. Not Arnold Palmer. All Two I, things. All sweet, I want is just, Sweet tea. No, just plain tea. Two things. You play nice
1: One, surprised that there isn't a fuck you coming out of you about the George Lucas Museum. I
0: wasn't gonna touch it.
1: I was a- and two, I'm surprised there's not a fuck you coming out of you for the Ghostbusters song <laughs> well, with Missy Elliott. Really wa- I thought
0: this wasn't gonna be UTAH. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I guess I it's didn't hear gone it. has
0: got off. Oh my god. It's it, terrible. it is bad. Mm. 1035. I was dropping my son off of my mother in law. 1035 came on with it. I mean, and I was like, you know, I. Well, I was, Dominic, I'm it's sure nice knowing you. We're going into trouble. I'm track. sure Ray
1: Parker Jr. wasn't like, you know, the, the highly acclaimed artist when his song first came out. And then well, he also growing.
0: stole from, uh, what, what was loose. Yeah, Yeah. loose in the news.
1: Rodney, any shout outs? Uh, my wife and
0: kid. My wife and
1: kid. All right, getting straight into <laughs> hooking up. So, for those of you that don't know what hooking up is, this is our third episode. Episode?
2: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about, yeah. uh, speaking of trailers and stuff, I think that'd be a good segment for our show, Trailer Trash, where we just rip on trailers that come out. I'm down for that.
1: I usually watch at least a few trailers, but... Alright, so, for those that don't know what hooking up is, David is nice enough to bring his hookah to my house right here in the Flores Theater, Comiskey, and we, uh, smoke hookah and we just talk. It's all of the nerd, none of the structure. Yes, so I want to jump right into it. Um, Although there is one segment we talked about last episode.
2: What was that? The fuck you're smoking. Oh yeah. What Speaking are we smoking today?
0: Uh, Tangier's melon blend. Very excited. One of my favorites, actually. Probably my number two smoke.
1: I, I've had it at your place before. Haven't? I believe I? you have. Yeah. I've definitely ordered it. You, I'm very happy. You tend to roll out your your nice stuff for us. Or oh, for for me when I go over to your house and uh, it's greatly appreciated. So
0: that's what I keep the Tangiers for myself and the people I really like.
1: Well on You think we should put this down there so it's not right next to the microphone? That's your call. We always have it there. Dude, I thought last time we had it down there, but I can't remember. Doesn't matter. All right. So <clears throat> last was it Father's Day? It was Father's Day, right?
0: The last hooking up?
1: No, the last time you were here was Father's Day, correct? Yes. All right, so it was Father's Day I invited David over and, I'm, and we had spoken about it before about doing my comic book collection like straightening out my comic books that were just kind of all over the place over in the corner of my basement and I was like I really need to get this stuff together next step is bagging and boarding because I'm a shitty nerd sometimes and I usually just get my comics for reading so David was nice enough to help me arrange them put them in categories and then when he left I alphabetized my comics and then I also put them in numerical order. Which I fucked up putting them in numerical order cuz I went by SKU number? No. I was going to do it biologically like or uh chronologically in terms of the events of my life like where how old I was, say thing in numerical. you
0: were going way too complex.
1: <laughs> so, my shit goes Greenlander 47, 48. The problem with that is the volume number. The flavor is a lot better in this one.
0: Well, to be fair, I kind of misspoke. This is uh, Tangier's Melon Blend Special Edition. I don't fucking know what makes it special. That's insurance in case God forbid a coal falls. I would actually, I'm planning on buying a a plastic mat so we can set it down. Okay. Because I don't want to fuck your carpet up.
1: I'm ripping up this carpet at some point.
0: Great, even better.
2: I think you've been saying that since you moved in. But
0: I've also acclimated this tobacco. This is actually a tobacco they do not recommend for, like, first-time hookah smokers, because it is very temperamental. I just, I love it. The flavor's good.
2: The flavor's great. I'm not going to be sitting weird shit on the drive home. <laughs> no. No, dude. Hopefully not.
0: So I don't even endorse putting anything other than tobacco in hookahs. It pisses me the fuck off.
2: So let me say this. Do you remember the Popeye episode when him and Blutus were... Bluto?
1: Bluto? Bluto. Bluto. We're smoking Bluto.
2: Oh, I wasn't
0: really a big Popeye guy.
1: So, David and I, were going through our comics, through my comics, and uh, we came across some really, really good issues. Some really good mini series that they had rolling out, including The Brightest Day, which, you know, was kind of a letdown, but Blackest Night, which is absolutely one of the best comic book series if you've ever read it.
0: Brightest Day has to be probably one of my top ten biggest letdowns. It was cool in the theory. Sh- it was cool in theory, but it, was, it had a
1: tough act to the, follow. The execution was, yeah, yeah, that's...
0: Plus the shoe-warning Deadman down your throat.
1: See, I like Deadman from Kingdom Come. That's when I really started to care about Deadman. If you've ever read Kingdom Come, it is a great, great graphic novel from Alex Ross and Mark Wade. One of the best teams of comics as far as I'm concerned. But we're going through it and we start to discuss, like, what happened to comics? So that's what I want to talk about right now. Rodney, you read some comics in the 90s, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So... Between the 90s and you've read some from the past decade or up to where we are now, would you say that the 90s comics were better or worse than what we had? <laughs> From let's say O2 onward.
2: Well, I don't know. When you gauge the timeline of comic books, you always talk about campiness, right? Like everybody says, oh, you know, old school comics were were campy, but I just like to think of them as a simpler time. You know, you didn't really complicate things. There's well, good guys and bad guys. The, the
1: sixties themselves, yeah. You read those comic books and you're like, Jesus Christ, like this is horrible.
0: Well, yeah, but, back but back... like
1: in the nineties, in the eighties, that's when it really started to get grittier.
0: That's what I'm talking. Like eighties to like I'll say. 02. Okay, like, so not, 80... I'm not talking the golden age. All
1: right, so we're. we're... We're gonna go 80s and 90s comics versus 2000s to the 10s, where we are now. So, in that regard, it's a stark difference between the two. 90s is all about being edgy and tough. You had really dark characters, dark storylines, horrible events that happened. As many
0: straps and buckles as you can fit on you. X Men, I'm looking at you.
1: Mullets, lots of mullets. The uh, the Marvel versus DC Thor costume.
0: Yeah, but and you also had, I mean, and the chances they took, I kind of felt were just a little bit better. Like I don't know what made DC and Marvel do it, but I enjoyed Amalgam Comics.
1: Hell yeah, Amalgam Comics was a great and was like, a lot of fun. It if, was just fun.
0: If DC with the characters they've introduced now, like you remember Iron Lantern, do you, do you were you familiar with Iron Lantern? Not familiar with Iron. Man. It was it was Green Lantern and Iron Man. Iron Man.
1: Uh, combined exactly what it sounds like.
0: Instead of the center just repulsor, he had the uh, Green Lantern emblem. Mogo or um, Oa was a sentient planet,
1: and it was a uh, I think it was Mogoa, wasn't it? I think like so. So it was the uh, it the living the went. living planet of Mogo mixed with Oa, and he
0: imprisoned the villains on that planet.
1: And it's. I feel like comics were more fun to read than now it's all about the events granted in the 90s and in the 80s we had events we had uh, Secret War of course we had Maximum Carnage we which had was the
0: probably one of the best Spider-Man arcs
1: of course it had it, which introduced one of my favorite villains which is Carrion for Spider-Man which I feel doesn't get enough play there was the Infinity War which was the pinnacle of Marvel at the time. Like, the end-all, be-all. We're gonna get everybody smashed in together, and it's gonna be... It was the first time reading comic books, to me, that you're like, holy fuck, this... It might all be done. And, like, you had that that feeling. The Age of Apocalypse... Yeah. ...was absolutely huge back then. Oh, like Doom, without the cape. And now, I feel within Blackest Night aside, because I feel Blackest Night was the best to come out in the past... Yeah. ...16 years. Besides that, it's very much, um... Now it's too many storylines. Avengers versus X-Men. X-Men versus X-Men. The Avengers were fighting for a while. The Avengers disassembled. The, the 16, siege.
0: The 16 teams of X-Men.
1: Yeah, too many X-Men teams. Uh, I remember back when the X-Men was just the gold team, the blue team. But there wasn't anything that different. Wasn't there a silver team? No, no. It was just... Okay. I believe it was just blue and gold. Okay. Because I think it was the, the colors, colors of the team. And I miss just, Nelson said it once, I miss the days where superheroes fought a villain, one comic, the end. It it didn't have to be branching to six other comic books that I have to pick up and kind of thing.
0: I really feel like, though, Blackest Night put the nail in that coffin and opened the floodgate. Yeah. because blackest night didn't that go a year and a half because you had prelude to blackest night because i really feel like they got the cue for that from nightfall batman nightfall yeah with the batman symbol getting more and more obscured yeah and i was just like even black night like blackest night what animal man yeah it, i'm like some of this shit you didn't have so to
1: you do. had blackest night branching in almost every comic book in the dc universe and a separate just blackest night series so you had Blackest Night, Green Lantern, which was a crazy series. Blackest Night, Green Lantern Core, which is a crazy series. Blackest Night, which is a great series, and then Blackest Night, Animal Man, Blackest Night, uh, Flash, Flash, Blackest Night, Batman, Batman, all that. Well, Batman at the time was dead. So you yeah. had a lot of the the Batman stuff going on in you the had background. Yeah. Family. Yeah. So to me, though, the '90s were. <laughs> The best time in comics. Granted it was when I was really coming of age when it came to comics. That's that's the the Hulk era that defined Hulk to me for such a long time. You had the Professor Hulk, the end of the Fix It Era, who's my favorite hero. Hal Jordan was parallax, the, the, good parallax. the good no parallax, no fucking
0: fangs. So no gigantic mouth.
1: So what was your favorite nineties doesn't have to be comic series, but favorite nineties comic to read. Like some that you you know, you waited at your newsstand or you waited at 7 Eleven because they had comics back then, and you were just like, man, as soon as this issue is as is the next issue comes out, I'm picking it up.
0: For me, it was a three-way tie. Okay. Spider-Man.
1: Which one? Because uh, it had to be be either amazing... It was amazing. Okay. Because back then, they had the deadly foes of Spider-Man, the web of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. I
0: picked up the occasional web because Peter Parker, I felt like...
1: Spectacular was...
0: Spectacular was good, but I felt like Peter Parker was more of the one aimed at younger kids. mm. Was more just focused on the Peter Parker side. His interaction with MJ, his career, which wasn't bad, just wasn't my thing. Uh the other one was Venom because Venom in the miniseries through the nineties that was. Lethal key. Protector? Yes. Well that was one miniseries. Yeah. Separation Anxiety to me is like the pinnacle of the Venom drawing.
1: Lethal Protector was the first yes. Venom series. This, I had number one of that. And this
0: is where the to me I this is something I missed. Venom Lethal Protector number one was an all black cover with his eyes, his fangs, and his tongue, the only uh, points of color on it. Not only that, his eyes and his teeth and the outline of the tongue glue in the dark. I feel like they were putting the extra money in. Covers were textured.
2: Yep.
1: I remember... The hologram covers, too. The
2: hologram covers. That's when they got all the variants and they started
1: going a little weird. I had a variant of that where it was a yellow cover, Mm -hmm. and Venom was just standing in in the middle.
0: But even uh, Gargoyles had a comic in the 90s. And they were all... Their muscles were textured, their bodies were textured, and... I really just enjoyed that. And also Iron Man. I'm probably one of the few people that... I actually enjoyed the Heroes Reborn Iron Man story. To see the completely different spin on the armor, the Prometheum armor. It was just something different. Now, I'll admit, the Iron Man one was the only one I read. Yeah. I know that the Captain America of the Heroes Reborn is widely regarded as the worst proportion, least possible human being body shape that he ever had because, what, Leechfield? Yeah. Drew him, and it was widely regarded as just being terrible.
1: You're talking about this one, right?
0: Uh, Yes
1: remember that? That was still uh, Mark Bagley drawing that, right? I think so. Yeah, I had... Uh,
0: and all, and just uh, just to touch on Amalgam, Dark Claw. Yes. Yeah. You know Dark Claw? It's no. the Wolverine. Wolverine and Batman.
1: Batman combo. Oh. That's actually over there somewhere. I, Rodney, what what was yours?
2: Well, so by default, because I got my comics at the grocery store. So did, sure. yeah. so did I. Yeah. July. Oh, go for me. I, I was uh, more into, like, the one-offs. Not like the mainstream ones per se, because I just got in my head that hey, number ones are worth money. Because yeah, a good friend of mine picked up oh X Men and Candy, number one, it was like y- you want to go for the number one. So was, so all, there were all these new ones that were coming out. Like uh, I think there was one called Slapstick. Yeah, with a good friend of mine, like that was that was the one that he read. So. By default, that was the one I read. Um, it was it was like this weird clown character that was um, very break the third wall. He puts on a pair of gloves and he turns into the superhero and he made all these Batman jokes and whatnot. I mean, that was the same time Deadpool came out, so I was reading a little bit of that because it was you know it was one off, it was new. And then a little bit of Image, yeah, like with Prime. Spawn. He, he was Spawn. like a, a knockoff Superman and yep. uh, yeah, Spawn. Everybody was in the Spawn, so you know,
1: right up on Spawn. And then when that movie came out, it was like, ooh, yeah, Spawn was the first comic movie that came out where I'm like, wow, they they're doing their best to stay close to the source material. I think your is still on, bro. lights are on. So, did you say three? You said Slapstick, Prime, or the image one, and what was the third one? Deadpool. Okay. So the original Rob Liefeld, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. That was a big storyline back in the day. For me, I had to go Hulk. I mean, by by the time I really started to collect, Hulk I was already in the three eighties. So to me, it was like, all right, I'm picking up really late in the game, but that was one of those things I had to pick up every single time it came out. Wildcats was a big one for me. I had to make sure to read Wildcats because I thought that was a great storyline. It was it was cool to pick up, like you said, number ones. Um, that was the first series to me that came out. It's, it's a whole new comic book company, brand new stories, something fresh, and you can we could be like our parents were if they collected comics when they had the best time to be collecting comics because they were catching up on number ones of all these different superheroes like Doctor Strange and things like that so there were those two I wasn't up on Green Lantern really back then but I did make sure to pick up some of the Justice Leagues back then. Definitely X-Men, because it was the 90s X-Men. It was, you know, when Jim Lee was drawing, and I picked up a lot of that stuff. The trifold cover with Magneto, and it's stuff like that that I feel you don't get anymore, especially when it comes to the covers, like the the composition covers like that, where you you might have four issues that pan into one whole cover, and it was just a lot of fun to just have have that whole series together and be able to see all that. All right, so what was your favorite... Series, like some that you wanted to make sure to get every single one of that series. Not so much a single comic book, but when one of these events came out, what was one... You said Maximum Carnage was yours, or Separation Anxiety. anxiety. Besides those two, what was something that you were like, this is gonna fucking change the game for comics, I have to check this out? See,
0: I don't think I ever had that big, like view of the comics i was just looking for the series i enjoyed so like i didn't hate the clone saga for spider-man for example for the series when they rebooted into heroes reborn i made sure i got iron man because i'm like well, what are they gonna fucking do here
1: so actually that leads me into my next point real quick if i may interject jared style onslaught onslaught i think was the beginning of where we just did something wrong well the comic we the comic book creators did something wrong because I was like, you, you guys had a good idea. The artwork was terrible for Onslaught, as far as I'm concerned. the, so the, the, so this, the, is the design.
2: this is the Professor X Magneto big child. Big hulking motherfucker.
0: But see, it started off, the lead up to full Onslaught, well, the art was better, in my opinion. Once Onslaught was his own character, and like they were in like the second half of the arc, <laughs> if you will, the art took a drastic change. Like, reverted. I, even I was like looking at it, like, what the hell? Because, like, I mean... It was very, you know, Onslaught destroyed the mansion. Onslaught wa- laid waste to the X Men. Yeah, you know, he manipulated Bobby Drake's powers.
1: And th- that's when he became all bulky. Yeah, right? he became yeah. huge.
0: Had ice, basically like ice stalactites off his body and his arms. That was he really said, cool. You're, to see you're that. only tapping into a fraction of your power.
1: I like that stuff. I I like taking second, third tier characters and blowing them up a little bit. But
0: more. then you also had the Dark Beast reveal himself. Yes. When he laid lace the X Men, he's like, I wanna team up with you. Yeah. And he and he knew right away you aren't from this universe.
1: See, I I loved Dark Beast. Because Beast is my favorite X Men, I was like to know that there's a twisted version of him that experimented on, on mutants and he was so he was just as smart but twice as conniving as any other villain and he had such depth to him and it's like to make Beast a well-loved character an character Avenger for so many years and you just had him <laughs> skulking around the background he, he was Dark Beast all whole time I thought that was really fucking ballsy on Marvel's part because yeah. you took a well-loved superhero and made him a bad guy without making him the bad guy yeah
0: was That was really skulking cool. around and had his ulterior motives in the background
1: so What was your favorite team Or out of all the teams of superheroes That have ever come through And you put on the UTJH page Thank you for that well, the uh, the alternate Fantastic Four, which was the Grey Hulk, Wolverine, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, and Ghost Rider. Including them, including the different incarnations of Avengers, Avengers West Coast, regular Avengers, the X-Men uh, Gold or Blue Edition. What team was your favorite to see on a splash page? Like, oh shit, they got this team showing up in this issue. That's awesome.
0: For me, it was personally the X-Men team that had basically the lineup that you saw in the comics or the cartoon series. Gambit, Cyclops, when Cyclops wasn't a bitch and could make a decision. Yeah. You know, Gambit, G, uh, Rogue. Psylocke. Psylocke.
1: was running around looking um, hot as shit.
0: Or Angel, but he was still the Archangel.
1: See, I liked Angel when he was still blue but had the regular wings.
0: Nah, see, I liked him as Archangel. Yeah. I
1: liked him as Archangel too, but I think...
0: I feel like when they make him with the feather wings, it's, it's like emo Angel.
1: See, to me it was like, that's Angel.
0: Archangel was always just... This is what's got to be done. Let's get this fucking done with. Which was a beautiful thing when they did that shit and just got in there and did it, and not just like, oh, I want to be accepted.
1: (coughs) What about you? I
2: don't know. I never really thought about teams. Like, like I said, everything that I was reading was biggest team. Like X Men would be the biggest team, I suppose. You know, I, I was reading for a while. I was reading. I think it was the Avengers. It was like Nomad, Wolverine, and like two other people, and I remember, like, he had a baby on his back all the whole time, he was carrying around a shotgun.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be, like, sort of, not a rip-off, but a, I think it was supposed to be a call to Lone Wolf and Cub, the, the manga series from, like, the 60s. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: that's where I found everything confusing, you know, because I, I follow the X-Men cartoon, and then you see the X-Men, and then there's X-Force, and then,
1: like, what's, there was, like, was Cyclops on X-Force for something? Yeah. And, yeah, well, Cyclops was on X-Factor for a while. And that was the original X-Men team with a couple extra, with a couple other people. That's actually my favorite Cyclops, well, one of my favorite Cyclops costumes. The, uh, giant-sized X-Men Cyclops, where he's all blue, he has the covered head, that's my favorite Cyclops costume. After that is the X-Factor costume with the giant fucking X on his body. I had the toy of it, you know, you press the button on the back, his eyes lit up. That was the fucking shit to me.
2: Um... See, with everybody going on, like, different teams, that's where I found confusing, because buying comics from the grocery store, like, it really fucked up the continuity, because it's like, if you missed one, like, maybe you might get two in a row, and then, because two in a row might be on the shelf, and then it's like, you know, next week might be a totally different one, and then it's like, okay, well, which one do I want to read? What can I read by the time, you know, my mom's done grocery shopping, because, you know, I might buy, like, one or two, but it's like... The whole the whole storylines and like that was a lost concept to me growing up. Like I didn't have the the notion of okay, buy the hard, hard cover that has the full
1: collection. Yeah. Well, I feel like there. that that shit didn't even pick up <clears throat> until until late in like the the nineties, maybe early two thousand. Yeah, trade the trade paperbacks. The And that blew my fucking mind the first time. I was like, I could read the entire fucking storyline. Yeah, I think that the first one that I saw was The Death of Superman. That's the one that Aubrey had. And I got to read cover to cover. Shout out to Aubrey. Shout out to Aubrey and JD real quick. Congratulations on the soon-to-be-new addition to the family. Oh, yeah. yeah. congrats to them. Yeah, so that's a lot of fucking kids. God bless you. Avengers West Coast, to me, was a great fucking team. Especially when you had U.S. Agent on there. Mm Because I always loved the U.S. Agent costume. See, I
0: liked War Machine on there.
1: So you had you had War Machine on there, you had US Agent, you had the all Spider white vision, Woman. Spider Woman, there Hawkeye. Was, there
0: was this old man. He was like I want to, for lack of better words, I don't know who the fuck he was, but he was like a wizard almost.
1: You're talking about the guy that was on the Iron Man cartoon? Possibly. Oh fuck, what was his name? Mm. Yeah. I really love that team. I I love the fact that they were an, an Avengers team handling something that wasn't New York, and I and I really like that because I'm like, you know, the Hulk was mostly in Nevada, yeah. He was in Nevada or or Colorado even sometimes. And he bounced around that whole part of of the states. And then you had a West Coast team. And it was nice to see something that wasn't happening in New York. Because I'm like, I might actually relate more to that. Because I'm so fucking tired of New York. Like, what are the odds that all these superheroes wouldn't just join up for everything that was happening? And the first time I went to a a full-on comic book store. And seeing, like, I could fucking get back issues. Like you said, you would go like if the JJ Peppers didn't happen to have that comic. I was like, all right, well, fuck it. I missed the whole issue. I have to try and guess what happened in the meantime. So I
2: never, I never really got a comic where it's like, okay, this is the beginning of why they teamed up and why they're together and why they're. I've never seen like any kind of comic that was just. I mean, there was the X Men and they were always together because they were students in the mansion. But like, why was Wolverine hanging around with Nomad? No idea. Yeah, I never.
1: That was was the beginning of Wolverine's overexposure as far as I'm concerned. Because if there's one person that's had entirely too much exposure it's Wolverine. Followed second with Gambit to me. And Gambit didn't bounce around teams per se, but it's like we already have a resident quote unquote badass. Do we need a secondary guy to be the loner and to go against everything the Cyclops said. And that to me, that was the beginning of making Cyclops look like a bitch. When he couldn't, when he couldn't control two or more members on his team, now it's like, okay, dude, what are you doing? That, that will never happen in the Avengers, because Captain America will set some motherfuckers straight.
0: I felt like they utilized villains better, like Sinister, for example, in the X-Men universe. I felt like he got a lot more play and better story arcs.
1: Yeah, hell yeah.
0: Like, I am so looking forward to the idea that he's going to be in the X-Men movies now.
1: Well, if they do well, yeah. what? would you cast?
0: Oh, I have no fucking idea. I haven't even thought about that. What did we say? I remember... God. Fuck, I can't even remember
2: what we said. There, there's a big well, bid said, on the internet about Brian was. Cranston being Sinister.
1: And, and I think he's too old. Yeah. It's enough that he's Zordon. You know, fuck it, he could be Zordon. Shit, I didn't know he's was Zordon. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. He, he cast got cast as Zordon. Zordon. I think we said... Damn it, we, we actually had some pretty good ideas for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen to episode, what, 107 of UTJH, and you'll be able to hear who we said would be uh, good picks for Mr. Sinister. I think it said like Carl else, Urban. You need somebody who can be... Fresh face like painted over and almost look sinister,
0: imposing, yeah, stern,
1: yeah, and like tall, thin. I feel like I don't think he should so be muscular. I
0: don't think I see. I think it's just slightly bigger, like how they portrayed Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. He wasn't the big, fucking huge Bane, but he was a slightly more athletic swimmer's build that you could see was in the gym. I
1: think what was it? Oh no, was Caesar with us last week? Yeah, yeah, I believe I said. Uh, Logan Marshall Green. No idea who that you, is. You've seen Prometheus, right? Yeah. Do you remember one of the uh, two scientists, the girl and the guy? Yeah. The guy. Really? Yeah. No. I think he's got like he's still young, kind of because he's supposed to be like damn near immortal. Th- he's supposed to be pretty much immortal.
2: Oh, you know what? Yeah, I now remember who our favorite pick was. It was the guy from Agents of Shield. Grant yeah.
0: I might be alone in this, but in terms of the stature and being able to be imposing looking, Idris Elba.
2: Because I feel like he's already partially
0: there with how they portray Heimdall. Yeah. He's got the height. The problem is, well... His uh, voice yeah. is what I think could fix it, just with a slight... Uh, a little but...
2: f- his voice is a little flat. It needs somebody a little more...
0: But see, in the cartoon series, which is what I'm going to go with from this, he always had like a slight metallic echo or tinge to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's who, that's the guy from Prometheus. Is that
1: the same yeah. guy from Agents of Shield? No, no, that's the guy from Prometheus. Okay, no, I
0: remembered him. I just don't know who you're talking about from Agents of Shield.
1: And I think I think this guy would be able to pull it off. And like his acting chops, I think would play out well. You need somebody that can bounce around a lot of ca- like uh Oscar Isis. <laughs> I think he played an amazing apocalypse. I don't think anything that he did in his role I, lessened I, anything with that character. I did have
0: to, after watching that, retract some of my negative comments that was, I don't know if bad lighting, but man, when they released those first pictures, he looked way fucking like I, light purple. Yeah,
1: I don't think they finished with post-production at that point. Because,
0: man, because in the final movie, I was like, well, let's watch this, and I was like, hmm. He even had the line going from his mouth up his cheekbones. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm pleased with
2: this. I think he did a really good job with what he had. I'm still not a fan of the costume. No.
0: No, I would have liked to see him be a bit more hulking. Hell, even give me, like, the cables attaching from his side to his arms for some reason. Yeah, that would have been cool. I would have liked to see more, like, you know, how when he slammed the one guy to the ground? What, the was that Officer? Silver?
1: No, that was Professor X. Okay. In the, in the dream sequence? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I would have liked to see his fist, like, become malleable and into just, like, a piston, like you always saw in the cartoon series. I remember my first podcast.
1: You want us to pause it? Ronnie's uh, getting a phone call. It's a problem with being the man at work. All right, so moving on from that. Um... Even the
0: chances were better because, like, they took a chance with making the Green Goblin a superhero.
1: Yeah, which that we is t- we talked about. We did talk week. about. And
0: I really, i started hunting on eBay because I would really love to collect all the hey, issues again.
1: Let me ask you a question since you went through my, my collection that I have there, was is there anything in there that, like, stood out that you're like, really, you have this book? I was surprised you had so much of the Avengers and so much Justice League. I never
0: really was a Justice League fan. Because maybe that was, like, the one holdover I felt that the Justice League was camped. Like, you knew what each character was going to do. Green Lantern was the optimistic, mm, decisive, yet powerful. Batman was the guy who's going to have... Like eighteen hundred plans and just cold and calculating. Superman, obviously the Boy Scout, minimalize collateral damage, even if it you know for lack of like better words, a good preference is, you know, when the in Age of Ultron, Captain America says if there's even one person up here, we're not leaving. Yeah, And uh, Scarlet Witch says, you know, all of us, all the people up here versus all the people down there, there's no math there. But Superman was that guy that was going to get everyone. Yeah. And then I had characters I didn't really care about, like Aquaman. I mean... Like, I'll give
1: Jason Momoa a shot. I, I Honestly, I, don't, I couldn't care less about Cyborg.
0: Yeah. That one is really... I don't think DC's going to sh- catch lightning in a bottle like Marvel did with Gardens of the Galaxy. And, I mean, shit, even Howard the Duck. You remember the Howard the Duck movie? Yeah. Leia Thompson was the best part about that.
1: That was fucking horrible. Horrible.
0: Yeah. I was actually at home sick one day, and that actually came out. I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll watch this, because what else do I got to do right now?
1: All right, now let's take you back to, say, 98, when the only superhero movies that had really come out were Spawn and uh, Blade. Okay. Those didn't really set the bar anywhere in terms of superhero movies because Blade 2 came out after X-Men, but X-Men 1 came out. Try to put yourself in the mindset of when X-Men 1 came out. You watch that movie now, and it's fucking awful.
0: I wouldn't go as far to say awful.
1: Now, hold hold on. Do you not see it as being awful because you're automatically transported in your mind to where you were when you watched it? Or can you watch it, objectively watch it and be like, this isn't a bad movie?
0: I can watch it objectively, because it was the first, I don't know, big name superhero? Because, I mean... Blade, Spawn, Spawn had a cult following. Spawn, spawn had a huge spawn cult following, especially spawn.
1: especially with the the TV show.
0: Yes, but that was only available on HBO. Yes. So if you didn't have HBO, like I didn't, you were screwed. But. All you could see is the stills that Wizard magazine had.
1: But when it came to, like, if if I try to watch X-Men 1 now, it's it's rough.
0: To me, the dialogue doesn't hold up. What happens to a toe when it's struck by lightning? (laughs)
1: That's what we were talking about last week.
0: Terrible dialogue. Horrible. But, okay, I understand why you went with the leather suits. You're not going to do the black. When I say black, can we say, like, navy blue? Yeah. Navy blue. And not spandex, because it was almost like vinyl or pleather looking. Yeah. Well, I'll use Cyclops, because he's the textbook example. Yeah. The navy blue black suit, shiny on the edges, which I guess was obviously it's an artistic thing to show depth. Yeah. The yellow belt buckles.
1: Yeah, none of that. The big you, yellow visor. None of that you're going to be able to pull off. No, you're
0: not going to pull that on the big screen. So I think I watched it objectively in terms of the costumes, the characters, the castings were good.
1: The castings, for the most part, I, I really did like.
0: I just wish they had. Okay, this is going to be X, the first X-Men movie. Okay, well, don't be lazy. If you want. Okay, I get not wanting to use Human Beast. Because you just be like, this guy jumps around. I mean, come on. The average viewer is going to be like, so he's an acrobat? What's so mutant about this guy? You've got to go blue hair. Which Kelsey you, Grammer you, played you, the fuck out of.
1: I will I will I forever, wish they had I had will forever give call. Kelsey Grammer a lot of props for bringing Beast to life because I feel like he pulled it off beautifully.
0: Yes. He did extremely
1: well. For everyone's qualms with. X three, I think Kelsey Graham was the best part of that movie.
0: I would agree with you fully. So
1: besides the the cage fight with Wolverine, which is of course the best scene in the movie, I would say the other great scene to me, and I don't know if you would agree or not, is the first conversation between Professor X and Magneto. Oh yeah, he's, I he's like that like, establishing that. Yeah, and you just get that you know I will bring you peace, my old friend. Okay. Like frenemies,
0: like neither he, one wants to kill the other.
1: And you feel years of friendship. And respect. And, re- and yeah, mutual respect between two people that know... There's gonna be a huge fight between one another, and I love that scene between Professor X and Magneto in the very first because, one. Because the first five minutes. Because if I'm
0: correct, Magneto wasn't wearing his helmet in that season, in that scene, right?
1: No, he just had he's a hat. Just
0: on. he's wearing a suit, not a suit, but
1: yeah. he had a dress coat. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's tapping his head like, you know, don't go into my mind. Like and we established Xavier years ago. Xavier could have don't shut go him
0: go down right there. Yep. Like I'm I know coming. you're gonna do bullshit. I know it's coming, so I'm not gonna let you. But Xavier wanted to see the best in people. And that's what I just wish they had. All right, these are the X-Men. You don't need to have everyone. In my opinion, you didn't need to have Psylocke. You didn't need to have Archangel. But Iceman should have been a team member. He should have been an adult, not a kid. Yes. Blue Beast... And if you want, you know, okay, have even have Wolverine be there. Don't you could have made the loner Gambit. I feel like he would have translated well to the big screen. I know you you think he's overrated, but I think <laughs> and Rogue a child, yeah, and I, then I the borderline romantic the dynamic kid. between she's like kind of quasi has a crush on Wolverine, mm-hmm. and li- they were lazy. That's my my <laughs> only gripe is outside of Magneto, they were lazy on the villains. Toad, human with a stunable tongue, well, and he was jumpy. Yeah, this Sabretooth, you could have done more.
1: At least they had the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which I give them props for doing that. I hated. All what three members? I hated Mystique's design.
0: See, I wish, like, I wish they they could. They kind of did it with the most recent X Men movie, with the uniform having the white down the middle. Yeah, and that was the last. What
1: ten seconds of the fucking movie? No. Ten minutes. No, she didn't put on the white part. I thought until that was in
0: her main battle suit. No, no, they, no, no,
1: no, no. They found those flight suits. Oh, yeah, you're right. Up. That
0: was after. Now she's evidently joined the school or some
2: shit.
1: Yeah. And we talked. We talked a little bit about that. About it being bullshit that Mystique has a role in it. We're not going to rehash you because we talked about it for two episodes. But
0: but also, I think Fam Kate play played. Uh, no, who uh, who was yeah. Mystique? Was it Fam Jansen? No, no. It was Fam K Was Jean?
1: Rebecca's Rebecca, Rebecca oh, main.
0: Yeah, I thought she played it well. She had the kind of femme fatale, slightly seductive voice.
1: And it was layered. Like, when she talked, it sounded like multiple voices at once. Almost like... Even the voice all the uh, all her different characters are trying to speak at once, which I thought was really fucking cool that they did that. The design was bad for her. The design was bad for Toad, but you're not going to put him in a court jester's no, u- uniform. No, no, you're
0: not. But I think Toad should have been in there. Get, get Juggernaut.
1: Sabretooth wasn't a bad addition to No, it.
0: and his casting wasn't bad. It's but, strictly the costume. But and you, you wrote, had, what, jeans, t-shirt, and a trench coat?
1: But here's the thing that killed me. You had no counterbalance to Wolverine with that. It's like, there's Sabretooth, there's Wolverine. But they're not going to acknowledge anything think about their past history at all in the fucking movie. Yeah. Like, he could have been, like, Creed, you know? And just... You know, fight, fight, fight. Yeah. But they didn't acknowledge any of that and he was relegated to I think two words and roaring.
0: And not see, when Xavier took over his mind. Yeah. That was like his biggest dialogue.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like there's so much between those two. And
0: this is where I'm gonna ask you because you guys are probably at least you are probably more familiar because you have a really good knowledge. Sabertooth with retractable fingernail claws. Weren't they just always there? They didn't they're not like Wolverine's claws that shoot out or in Sabertooth case Got longer. No, they were just, just there. there.
1: Yeah, that was that was his mutant powers. That his feralness and like the claws were just. He does
0: uh, have an accelerated healing.
1: He does have accelerated healing. I remember he has like animalistic senses. I remember growing up and there was a whole theory that Sabretooth was all over his father. I remember that being a huge fucking mystery. Weren't
0: they in a little bit? Maybe got retconned out. Weren't they portrayed as brothers?
1: And okay, so now <clears throat> going back to the comics. How do you feel about Lee Schreiber's casting for Sabretooth? I thought that was an amazing. Cast. Was
0: that that's the guy in X Men One?
1: Yeah, no, that's the guy in X Men Wolverine Origin.
0: Oh, a guy who does Ray Donovan. Correct. Uh, I think he did it great. And yeah. actually, I mean, I thought it was a really good casting. I honestly think both of them played Sabretooth well. The first guy, he was a pro wrestler. I can't remember his name right now, but with what he had, I think he did the best. He def- yeah. His animalistic never seemed campy. It seemed, honestly, like a rabid animal. Yeah. I
1: would have loved to see Triple H as Sabretooth. I think it was cool. He was the one that played the uh, the Russian, right?
0: No, that was Kevin Nash.
1: Oh, that's who that Blade was. Blade
0: Trinity. Oh, okay. was the last time you saw my dick, asshole? The guy, blonde, pretty boy, lot of witty... We didn't quote banter.
1: I haven't seen Blade Trinity since the theater.
0: I actually, as I didn't see the theater, but I'll throw it on from time to time. It was it entertained me. Yeah, it diverged from Blade 1, which was dark. Blade 2, my opinion, darker. I
1: think Blade 2 is one of the best movies.
0: I would agree.
1: Of the, of the Marvel, not Marvel Studios movies.
0: Blade Trinity, they, like, oh, this is the third one, let's cap everything. Killing Whistler.
1: Spoiler alert. <laughs> for, for people that haven't seen the movie fucking 15 years later.
0: I'm not going to give a fuck about spoilers from that. Well,
1: let, let's go back to the comic books real quick,
2: if I may. Well, I was going to say, getting back to X-Men 1, at what point, if you're Wolverine, you feel like a pedophile?
0: Well, I, you know, that was the other thing. That I, it, I feel like they more amped it up on Rogue's part. Like, Wolverine was always like, Get the fuck out of here,
1: kid. But, I mean, imagine you're a girl and you see a guy like Wolverine just whoops some dude's ass. He's a big hulking dude with superpowers and shit like that. And it's the first mutant you come across. I And it's fucking Hugh Jackman. I'd be like, yeah. I wanted to see
0: too. post-absorbing Miss Marvel's powers, Rogue. That's what I wanted to see.
1: But there's there'd have to be so much stories between them. Yeah. That um, that for sure. Yeah. You know, no, she didn't say sugar once. She didn't say...
0: No, oh, and uh, I'm just... Any that, of it. That. That's what killed me. I'm like... Was that Fox or was that Sony? That was Fox, and that's where you know. To me, of all the errors that Fox has had, number one will always be Fantastic. I refuse to call it Fantastic <laughs> Four up since they put the four in the eight. But I was just like, all right, your first, um, your first movie. I'm going to give you a, you know, a pass on these things. It was the first mainstream comic movie, so I'm not going to beat this to death. I liked what I saw. Some things I would improve, but that's every movie. Yeah, with notable exceptions, I'd say with, that's every superhero movie. Notable exceptions, of course. Set
1: up until Iron Man one, yeah, Iron Man one set the bar to Marvel crazy high.
0: What? Okay, go back to. I'm going to pull it on another tangent. So well, go do, back. Go I don't back I don't to want
2: Wolverine. It. What about what about the Wolverine and that um, you know, slinky little Japanese uh, girl he was dating? He, I mean, how about he he saved her father as a
1: young man. He's got to get pussy somehow, dude. He's not going to be banging 70-year-old chicks because they're his age.
2: And he
0: only saved them because he was (laughs) there. It's not like he climbed out and saved them. He did it because... I think at the end of the day, they portrayed Wolverine as overly noble.
1: But he's talking about the age gap between himself and the daughter of the guy that he saved. Because he was like... To Wolverine, it's like two minutes. He's like a 30-year-old guy banging you know, a chick that wasn't even born or thought of. It's like in two minutes. But when you're that fucking...
0: Well, should we say immortal? Or at least not... Quasi-immortal? Yeah. I mean, what the fuck it's is... It's kind of like
2: the vampire
1: thing, like in an interview with a vampire when Brad Pitt's like nailing the... Or Twilight, as bad as it is to say, you got a fucking, like, 300-year-old dude banging some 16-year-old chick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I said, you were out of the room. That was one thing that I would want removed completely, that little quasi-slight romance gazing look between Rogue and him. No, give me a bro, give me a full-fledged, full-powered member of the X-Men, because otherwise you had Storm and Jean, and Jean was, again, not portrayed as, she was, again, portrayed as a character who has got a grasp on her powers, but not a firm command of. As you always say, women in comics that can't handle their shit. God it, damn, and that's it's the one so
1: they, fucking prevalent.
0: I mean, and Rogue had, she you know, no physical contact. But okay. what she
1: did, you would lose her fucking mind.
0: Yeah, and you could portray that. And they did portray her stealing powers well like the veins bulged out you saw like it kind of looked like it was all being pulled to wherever she was making contact with but just stop don't do so much you have all your scripts in these especially now with these companies making these movies you have the scripts in the Trade paperbacks.
1: Yeah, that's that. That's your, your storyboard work is done for that, that's you. That's the storyboard for anything you need.
0: And especially and if you want to be lazy, Wikipedia. Look up a fucking character. What's their power? What's this character's powers?
1: Not and again, not to rehash.
0: Wait, so we're gonna send we Wolverine about, back in time?
1: Not to rehash what we talked about with the X Men. We're gonna they let make, like Kitty Pride. It's, it's they, they. make it too little. Like oh. Apocalypse from Egypt, let's give him sand powers. Like, no, he doesn't need that. He's not the fucking mummy. We don't need that shit. Well, couldn't absorb the Juggernaut's power, could she? Yeah, I th- yeah, she absorbed well, his strength. Technically, he's she absorbed, not a mutant.
0: She, did she ever? I know she absorbed Gladiators. Like, amps her fucking strength up to ten.
1: Let, let me jump back to the comics real quick. Uh, two things. One, did you guys collect trading cards? Yes. Back in the day. I still have some of mine. No. No man, those are fucking. I had, I used, the, I had binders of it. you remember
0: shit. the Fleer Flair ones,
2: which the the cards were like extra yeah. thick? Yeah, I still. Do
1: you remember the metal ones that were like so I have them? Oh my god, those are fucking amazing. As
2: as as cards go, I always hated Fleer as a brand because their cards never fit in any of those plastic sleeves except for Fleer sleeves. Yeah, they were always just a little bit bigger.
1: Yeah, they were. Than the they top were longer screen.
2: yeah.
0: I don't know because maybe my comic store just only stocked the Flair ones.
1: Probably mostly, because but because I never they, knew, had a they, they knew the problem. Alright, All right. so, second thing. Wolverine. Okay. Huge mystery as to who Wolverine was. For years, we were told that... Like, I remember having the card that you flipped the back and it said... You know, it had all the stats, had a little backstory, and then at the bottom there was always a fact. Like a little factoid about the character. At the bottom of the Wolverine one it said, Wolverine's adamantium claws are not a product of his mutant powers, but rather inserted during his Weapon X.
0: Adamantium binding
1: process. And I remember that being a big thing. Then comes X-Men Wolverine Origins. Well, first, first before that was no.
0: It was when Magneto ripped his. Yeah, skeleton.
1: that was that was the first time when people were like, "Wait, you guys said that his powers had nothing to do with the, his claws," and I remember that being a huge theory. And Marvel, I believe, said, "No, you know, it's because when they put the adamantium and bones were made into into his uh, forearms, and, and that's what made it."
0: And mostly through the early incarnations of him before he had it ripped out. The claws came from the tops of his knuckles at the back of a palm. Yeah,
1: that's where it's, that's where it's supposed to be coming from. Then
0: and they started out as just like pings of uh,
1: yeah, just pins. small poker. Fucker. Yeah, pins
0: yeah. like kebab skewers. Yeah, like skewers.
1: Back when Wolverine had a Canadian accent. Oh my god, that was it, awesome. Then X Men, I'm sorry, Wolverine Origin came out. The comic book, not the movie. And I remember the very first cover. It was. A hand with three little mini claws popping out and blood draining down from his hand, mm-hmm. and me just looking at that cover and saying, "What the fuck did they just do?" And it was the first time I, to my recollection, that they retconned somebody's backstory. You no
2: know, I think we talked about splash pages that you'll never forget in a really old episode of UTJH. Those bone claws coming out—that's a splash page that you know I'll never forget. Or, or the shout the. The throwback to in uh, X-Men, was it, was it First Class? No, no, it was Days of Future Past, where Magneto puts the iron through Wolverine. It's mm-hmm. almost like the uh, splash page where he's pulling the, the adamantium out of Wolverine. Yeah. Those are two pages that I'll never
1: forget. One of, one of my favorite Wolverine panels w- was in X-Men. Uh, friend, made... So in X-Men Apocalypse... Wolverine and Cyclops have a whole backstory. Wolver- uh, Cyclops only has one eye, and Wolverine only has one hand. And in the storyline, he had uh, Wolverine had clawed out one of Cyclops' eyes. Cyclops' eye then launched a full optic blast and launched off Wolverine's hand. And I remember there was a page where Wolverine had some guy underneath his severed hand side and just had him lifted up, and all of a sudden, the, clop- the claws popped through the dude. And it was a huge thing because Wolverine didn't even realize that his claws had in, had instinctually retracted. And I remember being like, "Wow, that's a fucking cool page to know that that he didn't even know that his claws had retracted the whole time." And it was just really cool to see that. Um, but was there any, to your recollection, was there any time in a comic book that really surprised you? Like the Wolverine origin cover, where you know you see the claws pop, and like this is gonna fucking change some shit around. And I. It, it really made me want to read that comic because I'm like, I want to see the backstory. And you read about John Howlett and that whole thing and Rose. And I'm like, what the fuck is his infatuation? Redheads. But it was, a, it was an awesome storyline. Big, big shout out. To uh, to I think it's Adam Kubert that drew that. One of my favorite. You guys know artists. I don't. One of my favorite artists of all time did Marvel 1602, which is an amazing storyline. But is again, is there any is there any comic book that you read that you're like, holy fuck, that was that was awesome? Not necessarily a splash splash page, but something that that will forever stay in your memory because you're like, this was huge to me in terms of seeing that.
0: For me, it was probably uh beating death of Jason Todd by the Joker.
1: Death in the family?
0: No, actually, when I saw it, it was a flashback. It was, I'm not sure, I think it might have been the building up the Nightfall. He had been exposed to the Joker's, or the uh, Scarecrow's fear gas. And he was reliving the beating death. And it was, you know, all shadowy and everything. But I was like, fuck, this is the exact panels. These were fucking graphic. And also, um, Maximum Carnage, Cletus Cassidy, and they just slaughtering people. Like, yeah. blood everywhere. I'm like... Fuck! I don't think I've ever seen this much blood in Spider-Man. And,
1: and I'm not a I'm not a Spider-Man fan before before we get to you, Ronnie, I'm sorry. Um, but even the scene where Cluj uh, Cassidy's all tied up like he's Hannibal Lecter, mm-hmm. and they have that little thing in his mouth so he can't talk, and he bites down to the point that he bleeds. Yeah. And then, you know, the really Carnage. I was like, wow, that was fucking cool. Uh, go ahead, Rodney, if you have.
2: Um, I think it was post post death of Superman when uh, Iron John showed up and the Superman cyborg was there. And of course, we know the Superboy or, you know, whatever, the clone was the clone. So really, the contenders between, okay, who's really Superman? I remember, like, arguing with my friends, well, it's a cyborg. No, it's the uh, Superman dressed in black, but Superman would never dress in black. Like, that That whole series, and... I mean, I never finished it, but I remember just... You know, there's this whole theory that if you, if you look at the... You go back and you watch the dude, you look at... Watch. Look at the Doomsday comic where, you know, every part that Doomsday hurt on Superman was replaced with metal on the Cyborg Superman. So everybody was like, well, the Cyborg Superman's got to be the real Superman, blah, blah, blah. That was a a big debate of contention in uh, grade school, I remember.
0: And I remember when uh, they had a news chopper following the uh, Cyborg Superman, and he destroys the news chopper himself because they're, I think, getting close to Engine City, Mongols' Engine City.
2: I never saw, I never never read the end of that, like how that panned out. Like, what what was the uh, result? Of. I mean, obviously, it was a Superman in black, was the real Superman.
0: No, uh, well, you, you're not talking about the eradicator with the yellow visor, are you?
2: That wasn't the real Superman? No. No.
0: Superman came back and he was just where he had been. I don't know, it wasn't a stasis chamber that somehow his body got into? I yeah. can't remember exactly how.
2: And then they but drew the, it out and I just kind of lost interest. The
0: final of it was there, he had the longer hair. He was muscular, he had no cape, he had a silver S symbol.
1: Yeah, that that's the black costume. The, okay,
0: well I thought you were talking about Eradicator.
1: No, the, the, the solar black costume yeah, to absorb more sun. Yeah, so you get okay. more sunlight.
0: And it actually ended with with Green Lantern. Green Lantern took down Mongol. Yeah. And then the and then Superman destroyed Cyborg Superman because then it came out that Cyborg Superman was in league with Mongol the entire time.
1: Speaking of Nightfall, the uh the bank breaking. I remember reading that and being like, what the fuck? Somebody broke Batman. And that was... Did that come out before... That came out after uh, Superman came back, right? The death death and return of Superman? Yes. And I remember being like, this is the biggest thing since Superman died. Like, they fucking broke Batman. That's that's crazy. And then you had, you know, Jean-Paul Valley uh, assume the mantle, which... Fucking suck. But um I mean you gotta love that, that kind of shit. Like DC has some balls in
2: the nineties. But I thought the costume was kinda cool, but it was way too elaborate.
0: The night uh Azraels, or uh, yeah. John Paul Val- Yeah, okay. I agree. And he that later translate just, a lot of it to Azrael.
2: It's like how do you how do you how do you and keep drawing him, this over like and over? again? Yeah. yeah.
0: But it definitely took it up a notch to you you knew it wasn't... Yes, that is actually exactly it. Sorry, I
1: I just busted out the Nightfall issue that uh, David was talking about with uh, the very top right corner. Yeah, I don't remember if it was an interview with uh,
2: Jim Lee where he was like... uh, I think it was Jim Lee, where he decided to actually draw boots on Batman. Like, you know, legit boots with treads on the bottom. And he just
1: instantly regretted it because he had to draw the boots in every panel. That was during Batman Hush. Yeah, because I remember seeing that that panel where like he's kicking and you could see every like you said every single tread of his boots. That to me is next to Blackest Night one of the best uh, comic book storylines to come out directly after or in or around the 2000 era. But I can't think of anything Marvel was doing at that time. It's it's funny how it bounces back and forth like that. Yeah. Like right now, I don't even know what the hell's going right on. Right now, Marvel both publishers
0: are pretty bad shit, trying to get the next flashy thing. DC is trying to force ca- you to give a shit about characters that you probably wouldn't. Cyborg, I'm looking at you. Cyborg's best incarnation to me has still been the original Teen Titans cartoon.
1: I was just going to say, it's got to be the cartoon. Because nobody gave a shit about... No. I mean, the Teen Titans comic nobody really cared about. Or the Outsiders nobody cared about. Um, and it, I know it's bad to say, but with these cartoons, you, could, you know that they're just filling the race. Quota. Quota for lack of better word, And, and it's, it sucks to say because, I mean, Jon Stewart is an amazing Green Lantern. I
0: love James uh, Rhodes' War Machine.
1: A lot of backstory. A lot of backstory with Jon Stewart and he's just Green Lantern. You don't get the whole thing that happened with Kat Matui yeah, And uh, how
0: about when he became the first human guardian
1: and all that, yeah, all that stuff, you know. And was he crippled or was it guy? It was him. And he was crippled. Yeah, he was crippled for a while and didn't have a ring. And he he has so much backstory between his military thing, him being an architect, all that stuff just got swept under under the rug. And he was just a guy with with a power ring. And and that's what really bothered me about the Green, uh, the Justice League TV show. I'm like, I know Green Lancer is not gonna get well enough do as he needs because he's such a cool character. Even when they had um they had Green Lantern show up in the I think it was a Superman animated series. Oh yeah, that was a good one. And but they mixed Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner together in one character. I was like, oh man, Isn't that's like not who the fuck he Hal is. Hal
0: Jordan, but it had Kyle Rayner's frat mask.
1: I think it was Hal Jordan, but he had the uh, yeah, he was a graphic artist backstory of Kyle Rayner, and I'm like, oh man, that's not.
2: Yeah, that, was, that episode was written by Paul Dini, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. And Paul Dini, I mean, I love Paul Dini. He's, he's an absolutely great writer. So, I know you, you say you don't know a lot about artists. I don't know if you do as well. Who's your favorite superhero, Rodney? That would you say, like that's who I like. Doesn't matter who draws them, doesn't matter who writes them. If I see, you know, if that character comes on the big screen, doesn't matter how bad they say that movie's gonna be. Like, when, when Green Lantern came out, I had to watch it, because it's Green Lantern. When the angly Hulk movie came out, I had to watch it, because it was a Hulk movie. Who's your character that you automatically go to? Would it be Transformers?
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if we can expand to beyond superheroes, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I,
1: yeah, I mean, comic books isn't just relegated to superheroes, so. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't even remember Transformers comic book up until like a couple years back.
0: No, see, I I do, because I remember during the 90s, it was on, gener- it was you know, what were they called? Transformers Generation 2? so like that. What the yeah. cartoon show was called? And I remember the comic was Op- Optimus Prime, and he had a, basically it looked like a shotgun slug embedded in his faceplate here. And again, the metal was foil on the comic cover. You open the, his face had a seam down the middle, and the cover opened up to a battlefield between the Autobots Decepticons. Grimlock was there, of course. And that was during the 90s. See, I they were it was Marvel, I believe, publishing them
2: after the. Um, but it was
0: definitely a miniseries, I'll say, because Megatron was a tank. I'll remember. I remember that.
2: Yeah, that. Oh yeah. <laughs> one, once the Transformers kind of took that route, I mean, I was still on board with Galvatron and uh, Ronimus Prime, but um, after that, it just got a little too weird. I never got into Beast Wars.
1: Uh, I love Beast Wars, dude. Beast fucking, War- no, That's one beast Wars. thing
0: I want to buy for my son. I even liked the Beast Machines, which I thought they really tried too hard on the storytelling and not enough in action. That's what killed that. You guys keep talking
2: about for for me growing up, and, and maybe it's because maybe I'm showing my age here. To me, growing up, it was all about the vehicles. It was always about the cars, always about the vehicles. Like, even G.I. Joe, one of my gripes about the G.I. Joe movie was there was not enough vehicles. Like, every G.I. Joe vehicle had a name. It had, like, a specialty. Mm -hmm. Like, the figures were kind of cool, and I remember, okay, yeah, there was probably the old school, what, 16-inch G.I. Joe figures with the Kung Fu grip and that other bullshit. But it wasn't (laughs) until...
0: And that other bullshit...
2: It wasn't until, you know, they came out with, like... Three and a half inch? Well, yeah, whatever those were. But even those were, like, inconsequential because it's, like, you wanted the Hummer. You wanted the, uh, you wanted the hiss tank. You wanted the... I really like it when... They, they got away from the, you know, the actual military vehicles and they came up something like with the hammer, which is just fucking like a, a rolling truck on like 16 wheels with like four gun turrets and a heli- helicopter pad on the back. I mean, that that's, I mean, because growing up it was the General Lee, it was Kit, and then you know, when the Transformers, Dacto one They had a full that in there, huh? Yep. Um, it was all about the vehicles. So when, you know, when Beast Wars, there were no vehicles, it was all about animals. It just, I don't know, it wasn't my thing. I don't know. Something
0: about the design on them. I remember the first time I saw the action figures at the Kmart that I went to. Optimus Prime was a bat, and Megatron was an alligator. I'm like, really? That's what you're gonna fucking go with?
2: Yeah, no. Because because when did we started doing that too, we got away. Not only did we get away from the vehicles, I felt like the quality of the toys like just was not there. Yeah. Like I remember diecast. I remember the diecast Voltron that you know my cousins had. That just amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Devastator was plastic, which is weird because the aerial bots were like a, a combination of like plastic and metal.
0: Yeah.
2: But the the funny thing is, is that if you think about, if you go back to Devastator, Devastator was probably one of the few Gen One Transformers that was all plastic. There was like hardly any metal except for the pins. Optimus Prime? Optimus Prime was die-cast metal. Like, his hands were plastic and his head was plastic. But when he was in truck form, everything was metal. I had the
1: giant, speaking of beast wars, the, the Optimus... Primal?
2: Optimal like, Optimus, where you could transform
0: into the jet?
1: No, no. It was the Optimus Primal still, but it was like um, they got soaked by a certain amount of energon and they became like level 2 Beast Wars Oh, at Transmetals. That point. Yes. And I had that toy, and I remember that being fucking like crazy awesome to me.
0: I had the Dragon Megatron toy. I found that. I was out with my grandparents, and I was like, please, let me get this. And they actually let me get it. I was like, thank you, God. And it was at KB Toys when it was closing, so I think I got it on clearance.
1: KB Toys, wow. Alright, so here's here's the next question. You had toys growing up. You had toys growing up, right? At what age did you stop playing with action figures? Like, alright, it sucks, I'm too old for this, you know, I don't want people to see me with action figures in my fucking backyard kind of thing. Because I mean I remember I, I remember being at least twelve, still in my backyard, in the grass, like we're in a jungle, and you know, like it's Captain America's fighting in like Africa and he's fighting alongside Black Panther because I had a Black Panther toy. I don't think I ever did. Played with toys? No, I don't think I ever stopped. I mean Well, I mean you're not playing with action figures now. With my son. Yeah. No, no, no. But I mean b- before before your kids were born. Because now we have a fucking excuse. But before that, like, that you came up with storylines in your mind, if, if you were anything like me. You came up with storylines, you know, crazy stuff. You're jumping guys in midair, slow motion kind of thing. Like, oh, no. Like, my dresser was a building. What age did you feel like, okay?
2: I don't think I did.
1: Because, okay, trying to go
2: back... Even one year, I think you bought me for Christmas, uh, the, uh, they, this was pre-Ultimate figurine, you know how they have Ultimate Voltron, they have Ultimate Movie Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. He got me the 80s Optimus Prime, where it actually had the, uh, the removable glow-and-dark axe, and it had an actual Matrix in his chest. I mean, that, that was definitely what, people who know me know I'm a really hard person to buy a gift for, to where I'm, I'm actually impressed with, like, holy shit. You sure that was me? <laughs> That's pretty sure it was you. Um, and, that, and that was one of the few gifts that, you know, come to mind that like, holy shit, like I would have bought this for myself. There are very few things that like I want that I don't already have for myself and those things are very expensive. So yeah, that Optimus Prime, I had that when Transformers the movie came out, like I had the Bumblebee, like I bought that for myself because I wanted to see like, okay, how did this work? Because the movies are
1: kind of very big. No, not just you took it out of the package and you like you know you transformed it. I'm talking about you put a voice to it. You're like, oh, here we go. That kind of thing. Like you you played. You put you put a personality in the character that you were playing with. That I don't think I ever did. Really? I don't think I. For, again, because it's a vehicles like. But you never had like like if you had a Megatron toy in it. In a uh, Optimus Prime tour, like you had them, like you know, play fighting and stuff like that. You didn't do any of that. I mean, I had them play fighting,
2: but I, I was never like, I never developed a dialogue. Maybe I was just never a writer.
0: I think I had my dialogue going in
1: my head. Oh, man. I, I'd, just, just, I'd be saying the shit out loud, like, All right, Red Skull, it's time to fight. Uh, yes, Captain, you think that this is how it's going to go? And, of course, I didn't had, have any idea about dialects back then, but, you know. You just
0: made Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah,
1: yeah. Everybody was either Arnold Schwarzenegger or fucking Kurt Russell, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> John
0: Claude Van Damme?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. But I think, I think 13 was when I was like, okay, there are girls out there. I gotta start concentrating. I think...
0: I think for me it was like eighth grade to freshman year only because I had started transitioning to playing the fuck out of video games. Yeah, okay. Uh, for me, I was still like, if the characters were a character that I re- if the figure was a character I really liked, then I got it. Like I pulled up uh, the Venom, the Madness action figure from 1996. Oh, this fucker is I'm not exaggerating. Wow, this tall and it's like solid plastic. You could club somebody with this fucking thing.
1: See, I had the Venom one where you put the package of ooze in there and, and it, it oozed out of his chest. That was the first one. That was. I still have that in my parents' house somewhere. I have so many fucking toys in my parents' house that I might. I might actually bring over here.
2: Then again, I, I can't think of a time where I did not have something. somewhat... like even even like through high school, like I still had because Transformers had a re-release, Generation One. It was like
1: Transformers again. But they're a different color. Like, I have a blue Grimlock at home. Like, I still buy action figures, like the that, that Alan Scott that you bought me. I still have that in one of these cases, but I haven't busted it out of the out of the package because, you know, I'm that kind of nerd now when it comes to that kind of stuff.
2: That's another thing I never did. I, I never... That's why I don't buy, like, busts or, or things to collect. Like, Sandra has a few Harley Quinn toys that aren't opened, and Jason, every once in a while, just, like, eyes them, and he breaks them out because there's a Joker in there. He wants to play with it. I don't think I have... <laughs>
1: Evil... <laughs> You, son, you make your son sound all fucking evil like he wants to play with the Joker toy yeah. but Jason likes the villains right yeah because even when uh, Ceci has like the the little <laughs> blow up toys that's fucking cool but in that uh, that's Venom but that's not
0: that's play art kind
1: oh wow like he's playing with Sessie's little 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 toy uh, Justice League but there's a Joker in there and he's smiling and he looks all you know happy like the rest of them but that's the one that he automatically like if it's not Batman <laughs> it's Joker but I want to do the voices, like, for the kids and stuff. Because I want them to have...
0: Like, here, here's from the, the...
1: That monologue. The
0: same series of... Oh, it's the Venom Planet, the symbiote's action figure. This was a character hybrid. He squeezes the, the legs together, and the talons, just over his back, grasps forward.
1: I had the green one. The green symbi- I think it was Lasher. Yeah. Like yeah, that was two, part of the same... Yeah. And like Scream,
0: a, the female. Yeah. I, th- I still have all these figures. I, I
1: think I have all these of my my them These in hospital. my old
0: closet, in my base in my parents'. Yeah,
2: and, I've, I've never bought anything to, like, keep it in the box... Like, like, two years ago, I bought GoBots at uh, Comic-Con, and I had Leader One. Um, I've always had Turbo, except it kind of pissed me off that I broke a wheel off of Turbo. I bought Crasher, and I bought Scooter, which is an insanely possible GoBot to find.
1: But is it in the
2: box, or did you no, no, it? No, no, absolutely not.
0: Actually, <laughs> I know I never stopped, because my taste just changed. Like, I became a big anime fan. So, like, Dragon Ball Z, the figures in the U.S. were, like, non-existent, except the ones were just short, normal, what, five-inch action yeah, figures? Like did,
2: did you see the six...
0: Yeah, I was here when you he gave it. But I started I remember the website was called Anime Sushi and they had just all the Japanese figures. I had Broly, I had Future Trunks and then i started buying shit like as i got there was a series in the uh, anime called zoids and they were like basically motorized animals and like here's one that you know i had to buy online it's a basically a modified velociraptor t-rex and when assembled this thing is like this tall it marches and you know it marches forward it's motorized but it's kind of like a model the sh- all the parts are on plastic sheets where you have to b- break them out, sand off, yeah. and assemble it. So my taste just kind of changed. Like, And the instructions were all in Chinese numerals. So you had to look at the pictures because <laughs> some of these were really stateside, but the other ones weren't.
1: Some of you had to buy it, like mall kiosks where it's like I, there's no reason why this toy should exist but you want it.
0: Oh yeah, and you know I guess it was because robotic dinosaurs. I'm like, hmm.
1: well, it's me. Hmm. Like okay, so I I'll take the kids to Target and we'll go down the toy aisle just. Toys now suck. But they do. Mar- Marvel Selects now have some characters that I never knew that they had toys for. Like, they have the Sentry. I'm like, man, there's no reason for them to have Sentry. Like, it's not even, like, a main Why character. the fuck not? And, like, part of me is like, man, I want to play with that fucking toy. Like, I want to buy these toys and, you know, start setting them up here. And, and I'm like, I wonder how bad it would be if, as a 32-year-old man if, if Maria came downstairs and I'm doing voices and, like, you know, jumping guys off a ledge. It's like, no, hold on. No, I can't hold on any longer. Well, then you Being just look at her like... and
0: give her the Tony Stark line. Well, let's be honest, this isn't the worst thing you've seen me. Right, like so. I fully, when I I look forward to. I mean, it's common I'm in an apartment. I fully look forward to having a house because I'm like I'm gonna have my fucking space. I'm gonna have my Venom figure. I'm gonna go get my fucking Zoids, set them up. I don't care if it's out in the garage where I work on shit.
1: Let me tell you this right now. I,
0: mean, uh, I still build models.
1: I went from a two bedroom It was a two bedroom apartment, right? Two and, two, and a, two half, and a half two and a half. Bedroom I never
0: went apartment. into your old place. Even one time I was at Mahoney's and we walked around. Yeah. To go to my car.
1: Two and a half bedroom apartment. It's a half bedroom. A movie room. Yeah. Basically just one one room with just shelves. So, so, so was it a no three bedroom clo- apartment? N- no, no closet. So, no so
2: back like story oh, okay. Liz was our landlord. And both of our apartments were previous Liz apartments. So, Liz moved out of her. Liz's parents' house is a coach house for the building that we used to live in. So, she moved into my coach apartment. House. Okay. How bougie can you be? Yeah. And she called it a coach house. Didn't she? Yeah. House behind the building. Uh, she moved into the second floor, which was my apartment, eventually. And she basically customized that apartment to fit her needs and, and her lifestyle and what she wanted out of an apartment. So then she ended up getting two dogs, which she needed, you know, a different apartment that was more geared towards pets and animals. So, so, so she could just let the, the
1: dogs out front. Yes. In the little gated... Wait, the who gated let the dogs out? Who? 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 I love you, fuckers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so so the first floor Liz took over and it was actually almost the same apartment Modeled for the dogs, because everything was tiled. Very much, I I really like that, the the, the layout. I love that apartment. The gray and the, uh, I don't know, it had a good feel to it. And by then, Liz was up to probably about a thousand DVDs. So she had built a room with custom shelves that were like the perfect size that you would slide a DVD in. So it was just a wall of DVDs. (laughs) And then Liz moved into the duplex next door, because parents own that building too. And then we moved in. Yeah. In that apartment. Yeah.
1: So, that's where that is.
0: That's where you guys started, you started your movies, your Halloween movie marathons.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. We we bounced around the apartments. The, this is pre-kids, by the way. The most
2: epic time that I think we've ever had, utilizing the space and how close we were, for Nelson's bachelor party, I set up a network Call of Duty game with, was it... Four PlayStation 3s? I think it was just three. Was it, just three? it was just three. One sure? in the
1: bedroom. I'm pretty sure it's four. One in the living room, and then Nelson's. Because we had yours. I had two. Oh, okay.
2: Because we had we had two in the living room, two in my room, two in your living room, two two players in your living room, and two in uh, Nelson's TV. So I don't know how many people.
0: See, this is what I missed out. This is why I never stopped playing with and, Action because I didn't have friends.
1: And how much? How much? How I much bought a lot? spool of network cable. <laughs> so we had from window lot. to window. We had window to window, window, to window to window. Just like just open up some windows. We. Just just have fucking cords. You said somebody
2: go like the floor below. All right, I got it. Yeah, yeah. And
1: then literally, yeah. we did that.
2: And we had our phones on speakers, so
1: <sighs> it's Age like fuckers. Yeah. And yeah. everyone's just talking to one another. Fuck you for that headshot, you fucking faggot. Just going off fucking crazy. And why are we doing
2: that now? You have a whole house, you have two TVs. Two PlayStation threes, 3s, 3s. bringing another TV, another PlayStation three. We have a network game. Whose birthday's coming up? Yours. Your, when's yours? September. September. Yeah, his is next. But David what I was, wants to have a network zombie game.
0: What I was gonna say about God, I miss zombies. What I was, what I was
2: gonna say about this whole thing is so, so, that was my Father's Day. I wanted to play. I wanted to do what the fuck I wanted to do. So I played
1: zombie. I didn't get to do shit. Well, that's not. True. I um, had a day with my son and me. Yes. So I had a good,
0: pretty good day. So, what, what I was I'm gonna, gonna
1: dad, say work. is, so we had a two and a half bedroom apartment. Right now, I have three and a half bedroom house house with a fully fully done basement fully done first floor fully done upstairs and all done nicely and I was like but the thing is I was like with a deck and a pool I'm like we're never like we're gonna have so much space Which and once once hard. you start moving shit in you're like holy fuck like I didn't realize how, how did we fit go. all this shit into <laughs> that little ass fucking apartment and we're running out of space here that's the funny thing about cause you're like oh I'm gonna have all this room and it's like no.
0: See, I had that moment when Dominic was on the way. Because then we're clearing out our spare bedroom, which became a catch-all slash office.
1: Well, you still have an empty garage.
0: See, I will my garage. it's
1: a two-car garage. And it's like, you've seen my garage. It's it's full of shit. With the hot water here for a Hilton. No, I know.
2: Speaking of garage... When we were, we were talking about doing a Hooking episode, I was thinking about stuff we could talk about during The Fuck You Smoking. I was thinking about some weird shit. And I was also listening to, shout out to You're Gonna Get Izzy, I think it's episode 88, early on, 83, 80-something, 80 and they were talking about, and that's one of the things Nick wanted to talk, us to talk about. 88, that's cute. <laughs> uh, Crazy 88. I, is this an actual simulation? Because I don't know if you heard the episode, the, the guy who invented the Tesla car or And now that David's here, maybe you can kind of relate to what I think of when I think of people who need help with computers, and maybe I can put this in the car turn. So, when you were 16, you got a car, and for all intents and purposes, you knew that you get in the car, turn the key, spin the wheel, long pedal makes you go, wide pedal makes you stop. Now for you, it
0: was the third pedal makes me go faster.
2: The clutch, right. But you had a limited knowledge of, you know, what a car was. Hold on, real quick.
1: Every guy here knows how to drive a stick, right? Yes. Yeah. Bam! That's real men right there. Go ahead.
2: Uh, Up until I was... 28. I only drove sick. Nice. So anyways, you had a limited knowledge of cars. You didn't know, you You had a general idea of how the car worked, but you At didn't know 16. how to... Yeah. Not At 16. Yeah. At 16,
0: I started taking auto shop.
2: Did, I mean, did okay. you know how to break down a transmission and... No. Did, okay, okay. But I mean, you, you knew how a car worked, you knew how to use it. Yeah. Right? So as time goes on, you know, you teach yourself how to work on a car, your relationship with the car, what you need to do to maintain the car and operate the car. There, there's a lot more to it than just getting in and driving, right? Yes, yeah, so- right. And and you learn from, you know, whoever you can, you'd self-taught books, experts, people who have gotten more horsepower out of swapping out an intake, Mm -hmm. people who have actually used the fabric air filters instead of the paper ones. Uh, people who actually put a custom exhaust on their, you know, to get, you know, better fuel economy on, you know, cat-back exhaust versus, you get where I'm going. Um, and then you have the people that you realize, okay, they still maintain that minimal knowledge of cars, yet they're still driving. But they're the type of people where, hey, the car's making a funny noise, I'm going to turn the radio up and kind of ignore it to <laughs> hope that nothing's wrong. And in- You can't
1: see, but I'm raising my hand. <laughs>
2: make it go away because because those type of drivers like they're they're not in tune with their car so to speak nothing against them nothing the car is just
0: a thing yeah
2: yeah nothing against them nothing you know there's nothing wrong with them you can't really grade them for that but and even to a certain extent there there's some car knowledge or some car mechanics that are just beyond people's comprehension okay so 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 take that uh just kind of let that simmer for a bit what I was thinking, because I think along the same lines as computers, I mean, you know, you use a computer, you use it to surf the web, but there's a lot more to it than that. You have RAM, you have a processor, you have cooling fans, you have a motherboard to consider, you have, you know, the power supply and, you know, the casing and, you know, the cooling system. Most people use a computer, most people don't know how it works. As I was listening to the You're Going to Get a Disease podcast, Nick's very agnostic. Not atheist, but agnostic. To me, the user of the vehicle who doesn't know that they need, you know, regular maintained oil change, don't know they need to rotate their tires, don't need you know, don't know that they need to change out their transmission fluid. That to me is the equivalent of ag- agnostic with respect to religion. You know it's there, you know there are certain things you're supposed to do, but because you don't have any knowledge of it, you don't listen to the experts or the people with experience. You just kind of go along, you know, your, your normal day, not working on, you know, yourself, your spirit, your soul,
1: your, your well being. I like that analogy. That's pretty good. It's very apropos considering the fact that, uh, yes, well, the past for the past month, I've been telling Maria, I I need to get a fucking oil change on my car. Like it's feeling sluggish. I know. Like you drive enough, your car becomes a part of you. And while I'm not I'm definitely not a car guy, definitely not, I'm all about what am I gonna do to make sure that my car runs smoothly. That's all I'm worried about. Bare minimum. Well, that's how it starts. Yeah, but and then it turns to, into I know how, how to. can I say- get better gas mileage? Like recently, I've been trying to do more. Like I changed the brakes on my own car. I uh and then I consult David. I'm like, I think sometime this week or. I think it was two weeks ago, I'm like, hey, can you help me out? I, I want to learn how to do an oil, an oil change. My own oil change. I'm fucking 32 years old, I should know how to do this by now. Well, at least
2: on the Corolla, the van is fucking...
1: Yeah, the Corolla, and not on my minivan. So I was like, I, I, I know I'm going to need an oil change soon. Can you help me out? And he's like, yeah, of course. We, we plan on doing an oil change for
2: the van with the viscosity of oil that we have to buy. First. Yeah, And then the filter that we need... To swap out the oil filter in the van it'll actually be five dollars more to have the dealer do it than us actually spending the for the
1: you know oil and whatever so i was like can we do this david awesome dude it was instantly yeah we'll knock that out time constraints things fell through i didn't get a chance then yesterday my check engine light came out I'm like it's that fucking oil change i knew it i knew it was gonna be happening soon and uh and i'm like dude can you come by maybe we'll get a chance to do it and he's like yeah yeah I'll, you know I'll I'll try to clear some things out so I can come help you out. Long story short, it didn't end up happening. I ended up just taking it to Jiffy Lube, which I had a $10 off coupon. My air filter was fine. Everything else was good. Um, they filled up my tires. And so today was my first real-time driving my car since getting that oil change. i like... Like, I, I stepped on the gas a little bit, and I fucking flew, and I'm like, I missed... Like, this is the first time in a, since my last oil trip, I'm like, my car's back to fucking normal. Back to, you know, being exactly where I want it, and I was just like, I really need to learn how to do more of my own proper uptake on a car.
2: How many uh, how many miles on the Corolla now?
1: I've had the car for six years, since 2010. I have
2: 35,000 miles. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so next... The next project for you, fabric air filter. Okay. You don't have to do an intake. Fabric air filter is gonna cost you forty bucks, but a paper air filter is gonna cost you twelve. Fabric air air filters you can reuse, um, you can clean, you get better gas mileage, and if you don't drive conservative you get a little more horsepower.
1: I mean I I I love my Corolla for for like it's it's so far it's been an amazing car. Amazing car. And I heard of what I know Toyota's are are good for that. Like, Longevity that you get from a Toyota is outstanding, and it's it's a true testament. I mean, granted, I have thirty five thousand miles, so I'm not driving it cross country like other people like. I I know people with two years less than my car, and they're like, dude, I'm fucking like a hundred fifty thousand miles by now, and I'm like, what? Where are you driving? Like, oh, I drive everywhere. Like, I drive nowhere. Drive to work, drive home, drive home, drive to work, drive drive home, and that's it. And I and I'm perfectly fine with it. So again, thank you for the offer, but. It didn't. It didn't go through. But David is my go-to guy when it comes to car stuff. Like most people go. Ahead.
2: I um. I love Toyota as a brand, and you know, of course, we know Chris. Shout out to Christian. Yes. hooks us up with all our Toyotas, which is out to Toyota at this point. Truth be told, I'm more of a Honda guy. There, there's something about Still, huh? something about the feel of a Honda. I mean, I had my first car was a Toyota MR2. I absolutely love that car. Um, next car was a Honda Civic Hatchback, and then I went to a... You're so Asian. 2000 EX. Well, yeah.
1: It's well, I'm Puerto Rican with a Corolla, so I can't required. talk about shit. <laughs>
2: Um Something about Hondas, the way they start. Like, when you hear a Honda start, you know it's a Honda. It, it's just something about that noise that... Maybe it's because I was a mechanic, but I can pretty much identify a car by startup. I know a GM startup sound, Ford's,
0: Honda's, you know, my neighbor had a CRV. A neighbor in my apartment building had a CRV and a Chevy, and I always knew when I heard it fire up. I'm like, "Oh, they're going out in the CRV today."
1: You're weird.
2: Up until that K twenty engine, like on the RSX and the uh, it was like 2005, I want to say that Six. Civic where they had the transmission backwards. Up until then, and Hondas are insanely easy to work on. Just, like, there's so much room. Um, if you needed to swap out an engine, you just pick the car up. We'll take the engine mounts off, pick the car up, and put a new engine there, and just drop the car right on the engine. So, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, if I had the time and I had the dedication and
1: I you know, had the money, yeah, I'd still be buying a Honda. We just jumped to two complete opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> in terms of being a guy. In, it For us. Like, it's like cars, cars and comics. But uh, are, are you good, or do you yeah. Do you guys want to jump onto any more topics? I think we're like an hour and a half in a recording, so.
2: Uh, I'd say... Fucking go ahead and cap it. Okay. Did uh, Nick put anything that uh, podcast peeps we need to hit up on?
1: Um, Cold's about going cold anyway. Well, we talked about the Ghostbusters theme song. All right, so real quick, uh, left or right for these, you know, it's not... Exact... This is just how we're going to do this. Original Super Mario Brothers versus original Legend of Zelda. I gotta go with Zelda. For as much as I love Super Mario, Zelda is just yeah. an involved game. I'm
0: going to have to go with yeah. uh, Legend of Zelda as well.
1: Yeah,
2: I'm more about puzzles than uh, time jumps. Um, or, and I never beat Super Mario Brothers, so. I did. You know who
0: was the first person in my family to beat it? My dad.
1: Your dad seems like you
0: He beat it. I was like, that's fuck.
1: Alright, Wolfenstein 3D versus Doom. Doom. That's gonna be close, because I like Wolfenstein 3D because I like the whole idea of fighting Nazis and stuff. Wolfenstein 3D versus Duke Nukem. I still go Wolfenstein. But I did a lot. I, I love Doom. I absolutely love Doom.
0: Never played Wolfenstein.
1: Oh, it's great. Uh,
0: played Doom. I bought the Ultimate Doom when it came out for uh, PlayStation. Played the hell out of that. Uh, my favorite Duke Nukem was for PlayStation 1 Duke Nukem A Time to Kill. Okay.
2: Duke Nukem or GoldenEye?
1: GoldenEye. Uh, Sonic One versus Super Mario World. I gotta go Sonic, just because I was a Genesis guy. I never had Super Super Nintendo. I'm
0: gonna go. Sup- I'm gonna go Sonic. If he had said Super Mario Bros. Three,
1: yeah, I'd have gone with yeah. Super Mario Bros. 3. Super Mario so.
0: World, I played, but
2: I was a
1: big fan just, of Yoshi.
0: I jumped. I got into Sonic. I got Sonic with uh, the Genesis with Sonic 2.
1: Don't get me wrong, Super Mario Bros. World is amazing. <laughs> oh that's yeah, no. <laughs> amazing game. And that's the game that makes me wish I had Super, Mar- uh, okay. Super Nintendo. That and Link to the Past. No, uh, well, Link to the Past, of course, but I ended up having that on Game, game Boy. Boy. But I was gonna say uh, Street Fighter. I think Street Fighter was. More fun on Mortal Kombat a was a lot Nintendo. better than the Super Nintendo too, but it didn't have the the blood. Two did, two did, but I'm, I didn't like to. So
0: I was a Genesis. I still only had Genesis, so I was playing everything on Genesis. Uh,
1: Call of Duty versus Battlefield versus Halo. I think we're all going to say Call of Duty okay. on that one. Halo.
0: Yeah. I played Halo in the store. Nothing about it ever pulled me in. No. Nah.
2: I was I was at a uh, um, like a workshop for when well, I used to work for Rock Bottom. I uh, think hey, we can talk about work. You know, we already talked about religion. So I was a big. Uh, well, it wasn't Call of Duty at the time because we were playing Resistance. And uh, so I was a PlayStation guy, I was at a convention with a bunch of Xbox people, and they were like, Halo, 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 and I'm like, well, I only really played Resistance. Smoked them at Halo. Really? Yeah. I, ne- I never cared, I mean, I was good at Halo, but like like you said, but I... See, because at that point, I was still,
0: give me a campaign, give me a story, give me a reason to give a fuck.
1: Battlefield, to me, was like, it's, I don't have the patience for Battlefield.
0: I've always been told Battlefield, maybe this new Battlefield 1 coming out will be different. I've always heard Battlefield, like, especially for the multiplayer, you need a dedicated team. Yeah. You need the grunt. you need a sniper, otherwise you're not going gonna to have a
1: shit. And, and I jump, n- shout out to Nelson, who uh, who bought me Battlefield Ooh, on, uh, on Xbox One, or on Xbox 360, rather. No one's perfect. It's the one game that I played on Xbox 360, I'm like, this fucking game is too hard for me. Uh, but that's it, that's all Nick had to say. Uh, let's
0: see. & Earl on Genesis was the shit. That was just a
1: fun game to play. Yeah, he said, New Ghost was the theme song, I just want to hear Merkle go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they, they know you so well already.
2: Were we recording during that?
1: I think so, yeah. yeah. I think we're just turning on the coals. No, we, we're recording. Yeah. I think I put on the re- the, re- the recording at that point. Either way, he doesn't like it.
2: <laughs> fucking hate it.
1: It's just... It, it Why doesn't... do you need
0: Missy Elliott rapping in the middle? Why do you
1: need rap
2: in any Well, careful. You don't want to be called sexist for not liking it.
0: I don't give two fucks.
2: I'm
1: glad if, they didn't if do an all-female song way. to...
0: I had no problem with it being all-female. I had a problem with the casting choices they made. Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy are not funny to me. I've, you, I've, I've, I've
2: whipped this horse. I'm just going to sit here quietly. Have you caught up with the uh, current podcast on the Get Disease Network?
1: No, I'm, I'm way behind. I don't even think I've listened to our most recent episode. I've been so... Because I'm, I'm doing projects for work and stuff like that. So
2: I almost wanted... Because I, I really liked David's uh, take on the Orlando... With, hey, politics... Uh, might as well hit it all. Religion, politics, and work. I really like David's post, David Merkel's post, want to specify. Post Orlando, how the government decided, oh, we need more gun control. That's your reaction to, you know, this horrible tragedy. We need more gun control, not let's uh, figure out the guy, let's go after, like, the terrorists, like, uh, you know, they
1: did in France. It's
2: like, oh, no, let's make more laws about guns. And right. Be- the fact that
1: because criminals care about laws.
0: And you can't stop the inflow of drugs, you always have to remember we have the wild, wild west south of us.
1: That's not. That's not to say. And I'm not.
0: Please don't misunderstand. I'm not shitting on Mexico.
1: No, no. Even besides that, I'm. I'm saying it's not to say that they're that I'm not for some kind of gun reform. I am to a degree. That's just very not the reaction
2: degree. that I wanted. No. Out of our government post. No. I don't. Russia. I
1: don't think everyone should have whatever
2: gun they ever decide to what have. What would
0: the government have done if you had just straight been a suicide bomber with an explosive vest
2: So that that was my argument on the podcast. Peeps, let's have more bomb control laws because bombs hurt people and terrorists use bombs. I mean, it's it's just as ridiculous an argument.
0: Did we go after ridiculous laws when the guy when we had the Boston Marathon bombing? Did we outlaw uh, pressure cookers? Could you only buy so many pounds of ball bearings, a la swordfish? No.
2: Yeah, it's exactly. Back to fucking Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry,
1: huh?
0: Together, not fast and furious character in there. Uh. Alright, well,
1: folks, I'm sure you guys all had hopefully as good of a time listening to this as we had recording it. I absolutely love doing these kinds of episodes off the cuff. Going back to our nerd roots, which I, I do want to try to get back to a little bit more with with UTJH. But fun, I had a great time. I had an absolutely great time doing this. And uh, Just like every time we do the hooking up, it's a good time to just sit back, have the conversation that we ordinarily would have had anyway and just record it.
2: Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. We, had, we got a lot of positive feedback off of the last one. Yeah. You know, so there's a nice change up, like pretty much no editing that I need to do.
1: So, okay. yeah, and that, um, that was another reason why I was kind of excited to do this because I'm like, yeah, it's, when you I could called, put it as it is.
0: When I called you guys and you were doing that recording at, uh, I believe, a house in Joliet, um, a candy castle, that's why I was surprised that uh, the one guy's like, keep doing those. I was like, sure. I was like, you fucking listen to it.
1: Oh, Jared, Jared listens to everything. Oh, that's cool. I was
0: just, I was really taken aback. I was like, well, well, thanks.
1: To be honest, I call this your show. Yeah, I, I consider this your show, and I'm just a guest on the show. I'm not even, I mean, I don't even want to go that far, but I, I consider this your show because this was pretty much your brainchild when it came to this. It was,
0: it was just what you and I did at work.
1: Yeah, and that that's what it was. Like, you were like, oh, let's, why to not come over and hookah? And we were hookahing, and you're like, we should just record a show. Just have us talking like we did um, when, when we were partners together at work. And it, it works nicely. And know? I would
0: hope anyone that's listening to it, you know, when you post them up, if there's something you want, start a dialogue chain. Yeah. If there's something you want to, you
1: know. Now, here, here's, uh, before we close out, here's something that I want to say. For the guests that we have on our shows, um, besides Dave, Dave's usually pretty good about this kind of thing. I'm not going to force anybody to do anything. But if you're a guest on our show, it'd be nice if you shared the shit. Like, it shouldn't just be Rodney and I and the UTJH page sharing it. If you're a guest on our show, share it. Be like, hey, here's some stuff that, you know, I was doing with some friends of mine. Because, I mean, essentially, Rodney and I are, are reaching the same people that we post. Yeah. Granted, we get more listeners on the various websites that we're that we have the show on, but it's it'd be nice if more people heard. Not for the sake of notoriety, but more for the sake of, hey, this might be some things that other people want to listen to. It's
0: like the whole six degrees of separation thing.
1: Exactly. So if you're ever a guest on any one of our great shows, share it.
2: And if you're listening to the show and you enjoy the show, hey, get a favorite, get a like, rate us on iTunes. I know we hate iTunes, but. Yeah. Or if you think we're completely off base on something.
1: Yeah.
0: We're yeah. never going to be like, well, fuck you. It's what I think. I mean, we will, will
1: say that, but, you know, you have to right the voice
2: of your yeah, opinion. happily day, do
0: it. Right. I love debating.
2: And, yeah. And help. Call fuck by UTJH. We'll air your voice message, even if it's not about UTJH. It could be about who can. Could be about uh, Sunday game. Maybe we could pass the message over along to message along to uh, the guys over there, or you're going to get a disease. Yeah. Some ideas, some topics. Um, topics are pretty hard to come up with, so. Yeah, we'll yeah. some
1: ideas. That's another reason why I like the show. Um, I try not to overthink what we're going to talk about. Let it flow organically. And it's funny how the topics present themselves when you when you treat it that way. But you still want to have some kind of playbook for how you want the beginning of the episode to go. Yeah. If, it, if it moves itself, it moves itself. If not... You know where to cauterize it and move on from that. But, um...
2: Yeah, truth be told, pulling back the curtain, I mean, UTJH is structured and has a format only because I fear about, since if we meet every week, we'll run out of shit to talk about. We'll start talking about the same things. So it's kind of nice to just, okay, we know we can talk about this,
1: you know, we don't want to have any dead air or anything, so... Yeah, like some parts of this episode might have. (laughs) Dude, Actually, I think we did a pretty good job of, of closing that up, and, and and the hookah really helps with that, or might might annoy the shit out of you, and we apologize either way. If for
0: anyone that. wants to try hookah, definitely contact Rodney and Adam because I have no problem sharing it.
1: Not not David though. <laughs> Hit one <laughs> of us up. No, Leave got, David the fuck alone. Well, it's not on Twitter yet.
0: <laughs> not only is it not on Twitter, but I know like we can't go to my place because Rodney's allergic to cats, and if Rodney, I don't want to exclude anybody.
1: Well, he could take some medication. If I could be okay, he could be okay. Yeah. okay. And now that you're going to have a house, now that makes it... Well, yeah, when nice. I have
0: a house, yeah, I mean, everyone's, you know, fuck, I'll have, you can have the entire... Shit, you can bring in the entire disease network. I don't care. I mean, I was pissed off. I couldn't come to the. He said it. Come to the big episode because I still want to put faces to these, you know, names and voices. Yeah,
1: people still think you don't exist. I'm going yeah. to try. I'm going to try to have another barbecue sometime this summer and, and and invite as many of the guys.
2: We still haven't done a, um,
1: a, a geeks yelling about uh, civil war. I think that time's past. We might have to wait for Suicide Squad or some shit. Okay. All right, so signing off from the FTC, this is not UTJH, this is Hooking Up. Actually, you should close it out, it's your fucking show.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll work on that the next time. All right, well. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks, I hope you enjoyed. Yes. If you uh got favorite comics from the 90s or arcs that you particularly enjoyed, let us know.
1: Yeah, please, please.
0: Or even artwork or comics you were reading that gave you that oh fuck moment.
1: Yeah, post it on the UTJH site, that's facebook.com slash hashtag UTJH. Yes, it's the UTJH site, but this is a nice little branch off point. and And uh, David's also a moderator on that as well, so he he will see it yeah, as well as the rest of us. So, yeah. So, I'm Adam Flores. David Merkel, I'm Rodney Cineo. Thanks for hooking up with us, everybody. Need some sort of music? or yeah. It's all right. No, I'm
0: just... <laughs> Suck it!